Welcome to the Olympic Coaching Podcast, where we take some of the most important lifestyle, nutrition, and exercise-related topics and make them practical for you so that you can take control of your path in your own fitness and health journey. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. And today is part two of the three-part series with Dr. Keating out of Manhattan, Kansas, who is a very successful sports chiropractor who's worked with professional athletes all the way down to a recreational athlete who hits the gym every day. Today, we are hitting on something that both he and I are very passionate about, which is understanding the root cause of pain and symptoms that people experience in their daily health and their daily struggles. And so, Enjoy listening to some of the root causes that we talk about today so you can take better action and better next steps to address your injuries or aches and pains that you deal with right now. Yeah, dude, I, w- I wanted to get into uh, a little bit of like the root cause of um, soft tissue injuries, like musculoskeletal injuries and stuff. And so like as you see patients day in and day out, um, you don't want to just treat the symptom, right? Like as a doctor, you don't want people to just be coming back all the time. Eventually you want them to be, you know, f- have the freedom to go out and function the way they want sure. to. Right. And so, um, you want to do anything you can to help them identify what the root cause of why they had to come see you or why they needed help from some other, uh, medical professional. So how have you seen that in your practice? Like what's the root cause of some of the stuff that you see in your practice? Yeah, you know, my conversation with, let's say a new patient comes in, they say, doc, I have elbow pain. You know, my first thing that I tell them is functionally, we need to figure out why, right? What is causing the pain? What's the source of the pain? Because that person wants pain relief and I want it for them. But why is their elbow beat up? Doc, I have tendonitis. Why? And this just kind of crickets. It's like, do you know why? Like, is it a, is it a bad movement pattern? Is it lack of recovery? Is it so... I think it's important. Um, it's an important topic and it's something that we have to take from a clinical standpoint. It's something we have to take a step back at and look closely into for the athlete. My personal opinion for why most soft tissue injuries occur, assuming you didn't get hit by a bus or you didn't get a a helmet to the shoulder playing football on a Mm -hmm. Friday night. The top two things in my opinion are repetition and lack of recovery. And that second piece is going to make some people cringe, especially the strength coaches are like, I need them six days a week. It's like, well, I'm okay with that. But if the athlete is repetitively going in and doing the same movement over and over and over again, you know, the repetitive injury cycle comes into play. And, and you know, really what that is, is event, right? So throwing a baseball a hundred times in a day, you get a little bit of inflammation, get a little bit of scar tissue laid down resolution next day, next day next day and we see this gradual just accumulation to the point where it's the straw that breaks the camel's back and we don't think you know it's easy to look at throwing baseball as a repetitious injury we don't look at how you and i are sitting right now and and multiply that by eight hours or 12 hours or 16 hours a day depending on our occupations and say oh that's going to beat up the same muscles the same joints in the same manner every single day and so i think you have to yeah you have to take a step back and look at where in my daily life am I getting repetitive strain or repetitive micro trauma on the joint tissue and muscle tissue in my body? And that can be from the gym. It can be from the playing field or playing court. It can be from your couch. And so beyond that, if you're not giving the body adequate time to repair that, if you're not doing self-maintenance, 
in terms of foam rolling or stretching or whatever, whatever the athlete is doing. Um, if that isn't balanced, you know, you can only withdraw money out of an account so long before it's zeroed or it's negative. And every tissue in the body has a limitation and it will show up. And it doesn't matter if you're an Olympic athlete or if your grandma, um, 75 years old gardening every day in the summer, it's like, it's going to show up. And that's just the way it is. Um, so I think that's, those would be the top two reasons that I see, especially soft tissue injuries in the body. That is fascinating. I, I definitely see the repetition a lot uh, within my coaching because like um, I'll focus a lot on movement patterns uh, yeah, within strength yeah. conditioning and CrossFit and coaching and everything. Uh, because like if you repeat a faulty movement pattern enough times, guaranteed you will have some sort of pain or soft tissue injury that's going to show up. Right. Like, uh, but if you work on the movement patterns first and then you know, regulate the load you put on that, then you're going to have a lot less troubles down the way, yeah. down the road, yeah. right? You know, I, I'm, I'm a big car guy and, and where I practice, there's a blend of, you know, rural people coming in. So I try and make my examples of, Hey, how do you explain what's going on to this patient in terms they understand? You know, I'm like, if you take your tires and you drive and you rotate them regularly, they're going to last a long time. Tires are still going to wear out, but they're going to last a long time. So it's like if your movement patterns are good, if your recovery is good, if your diet's good, if you're getting treatment, massage, chiropractic work, whatever, you're going to last, the tires are going to last a long time before there's an issue. If you're rotating three tires and ignoring one, that tire is going to wear out faster than the other three. Mm. If you're not rotating any of them, they're all going to wear out pretty fast. And so the body's a machine, right? It's affected by the environment that we put it into. And I think it's, it's awesome that you, from my perspective, it's awesome that you with the clients that you see appreciate that and understand that because a good sports medicine uh, doc, a good trainer, a good strength coach should be able to grasp that and implement that for the athletes that they're working with. You know, the, the yeah. car, so to speak, the athlete doesn't think for itself. The driver right. does, right? And, and that's kind of a funny way to think of it, but I think that's a huge thing, a huge benefit that the athletes that you work with receive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting, like with that car analogy, like if you're burning up um, one tire over the other three, or you're burning up three tires over one, like you're, you may not notice it at first, but eventually something's going to blow out, you know? And so kind of similar, like in like a training setting, like, you, this is super, super common. This is something that I try super hard to um, constantly repeat, repeat, repeat in my coaching. Is I, I preach this like almost every day of like, I want you to care about how you move more than how much you move. Yeah. You know, like move well first, then move often or load that movement. Because uh, what I find is like people will prioritize performance first and then they care about how they move. And so you see people compromising their technique or something in order to get an extra rep or beat the person yeah. next to them, you know, and that ego is something that comes back to bite us. I mean, like you and I probably had several ego injuries, you know? Um, oh, we probably, we probably got more coming too. I'm sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember <laughs> specifically, I, I came to visit your, your gym and your home in your town there. And it was hilarious. Like we're doing snatch, right? I'm like, I can snatch way more than Mitch. I'm totally going to embarrass him today. And, uh, I went, I jumped up a little bit too heavy, um, made too much of a increase in weight from set to set. 
and I almost dropped the weight on my neck. You know, it's like, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like the most embarrassing moment. Your coach still makes fun of me because you're like, oh, you're just super qualified strength coach. You dropped the bar on your neck. You know, like uh, I was lucky to come out okay there. But like, just kind of goes to say, like, prioritizing how you move is going to help save you a lot of injuries down the road. It's going to address yeah. that root um, cause much sooner. And so, like, a lot of times, what I end up having to do with athletes is like, all right, I see how you move. We're going to have to work backwards. I know you want to like get in the weight room. You want to train hard. You want to train high, high intensity right now, but that's not what you need right now. We're going to work backwards. We're going to fix this movement pattern first, and then we're going to load it and get it high intensity. You're going to feel better down the road because we're caring more about this now. You might think it's going to slow your progress down, but it's actually not. It's going to speed it up eventually. That, that's a hard conversation because it's not sexy, right? Yeah. The, the, athlete, the athlete wants to push. They want to see big performance improvements and it's trying to understand that if you ignore that fourth tire right yeah. the ride the ride in the car first becomes a little bumpy and you can't go as fast and then all of a sudden you're going to blow it out and you're going to have an issue mm. and it's not sexy they don't understand the importance of it they just want to put the hammer down <clears throat> and drive down the road at 120 mile an hour as long as they can and you know, it, it's something that we have to do better at in our respective fields. Like we, mm -hmm. we have to educate these people. And let's be honest, when you and I were in high school and we were playing ball, they didn't focus on that. You know, no. this, this is the last 20 years. And the hard part, especially in some of these physical sports is like, well, don't be soft. It's like, hey, I'm all for not being soft, but I'm also for being smart about how we approach keeping that athlete on the field. You know, if they're going to break, let them break on the field in, in competition or in play. Don't break them in the weight room um, or yeah. don't break them at home with their volume that we're programming for them or whatever, the rehab that I'm handing out. And so, I, yeah, think I, I mean, I, I think that brings up the, I think that brings up the thought of like how I think there's a massive, massive need uh, because there's significantly more injuries within youth athletes, like high school and younger than there are in actual professionals or college athletes. Um, because like, I think there's just a lot less oversight, a lot less care taken for that, like teaching people how to move. It's usually like a high school, like whatever their sport coach or their PE coach, who's, you know, giving them some sort of a strength program or, um, they really haven't taking the time to really develop their understanding of movement and everything and, and training loads and all that. And so um, there are some, you know, more wealthy private high schools who are able to employ a strength coach, but the public sector is just like not able to address that. There's not enough funding, but I feel like there's a huge need to um, bring in that sort of professionalism and bring in that, that opportunity to train these youth athletes from the ground up. If you can, teach good movement patterns from a young age it's going to save people a lot of injuries and stress down the road you know yeah i think the you're 100 right i i think we're a little bit incomplete on the way we process that thought we're yeah. missing components of it for instance tommy john surgery we know it's well documented by espn and you know youth baseball all across the u.s we got to get them on bands we got to get them on throwing routines we got to get them on arm care stuff is that important Absolutely. But it's not solving the issue. The mm -hmm. rate of occurrence of Tommy John issues is still going up. And so we're doing all these things that are good, but it's incomplete. And, and that's a completely different topic, in my opinion, of, you know, at, at least Dr. Keating's opinion of why that's occurring or why I think that's uh, a complex issue. But yeah, I, we should probably 
punt that one a little bit just yeah. so that we go down a, a route that we weren't prepared to go down. But I think yeah. that's a valuable topic at some point to cover is like, why do we see the rate of occurrence in youth athletics with these injuries, right? Why is the rate of injury rather so high in youth athletics? We didn't see this at our parents' age, right? Our dads didn't talk about three guys blowing out their elbows and blowing out their, their ACLs in, in football. Why? What's different, right? And we need to spend some time kind of hashing that out and being honest at looking at what we're putting these athletes through and maybe look at some underlying causes of, you know, why? Why is this grumpy? So Yeah, and that kind of brings me to the kind of last question I had that we can dive in uh, with the root cause of people's conditions um, is nutrition. And so this is yep. definitely very much in my zone. Um, I deal with nutrition clients every single day, and it is a foundational lifestyle um, related thing that um, strongly affects how people feel, how they recover, um, how their body is functioning overall. But how do you see uh, nutrition as sort of a root cause for some of the stuff that you see in your practice? Yeah, I think, again, I think it's underappreciated. Uh, yeah. The hard part is you and I both know that the pie that affects an athlete, right? The, the diagram, if you will, that affects how that athlete performs, affects the patient's health, uh, affects their recovery, has lots of little slivers in it. And I know, and I've come to know that I can't service all those needs, right? Mm -hmm. I, am I passionate about every one of them or interested in every one of them? Absolutely, but I'm not the expert on it. And so that's something that has really become something I've appreciated being around docs that work with Team USA is they know their they know their lane and they run in it. And from a nutrition standpoint, I will consult people on general health stuff, right? Um, we were talking earlier, just, you know, treatment that I do in the office versus the homework for the athlete, right? What, what does the athlete take home? And obviously the manual hands-on part, the rehab and, and some of the consultation work on nutrition, I'm going to handle in the office. But then the baton gets passed to the athlete, <laughs> You know, the, the baton gets handed to them to go home and address the nutritional concerns, address the rehab that we have them doing, and they need to work at that and they need to continue to, to be on top of it. So it's really where nutrition's hard because it's primarily dependent on the athlete following through with recommendations. It's like, I can't work harder to, to get that for them and you can't work harder to get that for them. We just consult and advise and provide education of the why behind you know, what we're, you know, giving them. Um, but nutrition, man, in the U.S., we're the wealthiest country in the world, and we are one of the least healthy developed countries, I'll say. And I don't know the ranking, but we're not in the top 10. You know, yeah. we're not even close to the top 10. And, and it's not an issue with healthcare being given to people, um, which I think is, you know, it's, it's a moral thing to take care of the people around you, right? But, um, beyond that and without going down that road our diets suck yeah. they're awful they're awful it's a diet of convenience uh, we don't view um, nutrition as something to be prioritized like some of these other countries do we know how it affects certain disease processes cardio or cardiac issues diabetes me uh, met metabolic can't talk some more metabolic symptoms 
Um, we know that we've known that for 50 years and yet we're not getting any better at eating healthier. Uh, we see obesity rates continue to climb in children. Yeah. You know, our parents, our parents didn't have fat kids, you know, or, or overweight kids. And again, you don't want those people feeling bad about themselves, but they have to be educated because they're going to deal with that. And as an athlete, it's like, even more so you have to put the screws to your diet um, so that you're investing the nutrients for performance recovery and prevention of issues and man you, you do a great job of that and and I hear that from the patients that I see that work with you you know it's like hey he pointed out x y and z and I feel better because of that so yeah yeah I mean as a nutritionist like that's something that I'm always dealing with but yeah like you said that um, I mean, nutrition is super connected to how you feel, not just like with, I mean, it's important for your recovery. It's important for your inflammation, how your body's dealing with that. Like your, your diet can make you more inflammatory as in like you hurt or you feel sluggish. Um, you don't feel like yep. you can get up out of bed or it can be anti-inflammatory. Like it's not going to promote inflammation as much. And that's important because like if, if you're, what you're eating, putting into your body is going to help you um, have less inflammation, then that's going to essentially help you feel better, feel more energetic. It's going to help you recover better, be more resistant to injury and everything. So and it's going to, and it's going to improve your longevity, man. Like yeah. you're not going to have these, it's disgusting to me that in our world, in the United States, that the average as we get older is to have three comorbidities. And that term has been thrown around a lot in the last year because of the context that we're living in with mm -hmm. the virus and the pandemic. But even once this resolves with the coronavirus and the implications of that, heart disease, diabetes, the effects of being obese, your increased risk for cancers, that stuff doesn't go away. Like yeah. health is not going to be reduced to have you been vaccinated for COVID? Have you had COVID or have you recovered from COVID? Like, mm -hmm most of us are going to be affected with the other stuff that I just mentioned far more likely than we are with the, the virus. And, and I think we owe, we owe the people that we work with proper consultation on that. You know, my, my goal is that the patient goes home with tools to live a healthier lifestyle, not only for them, but for their family and mm -hmm. that they can apply some of these things that will benefit them and benefit their kids when I'm gone. <laughs> you know, And I think, we've got to do a better job at nutritional consultation um, and, and advising on that, not only what to eat, but why, yeah. you know, I, yeah, why I think should a challenge. I like, yeah. go ahead. No, it's like, why, why do I need to do this? What's the benefit on the back end? Yeah. I think the challenge is that uh, the reason that people struggle to deal with nutrition is because it's a lifestyle related thing. Like you can hit the gym for an hour and check it off, you know, but that other 24 hours in the day, that's when that's your nutrition, that's your lifestyle choices, that's uh, everything else. And so nutrition is a lifestyle thing. So like, even within my coaching, I'm not just addressing what you eat. It's more I'm also addressing the emotions, the stress, the your schedule, your planning, the way that you're dealing with your life, you know. Uh, so it's a nutrition and lifestyle coaching that um, I as a nutritionist end up needing to do to help you actually make progress, you know. And so um, it's a fascinating thing that, uh, I mean, that's why I think it's such a challenge for people because it's like, if you compare it to like 
oh, I had this huge list of chores I got to get done this weekend. So you end up not doing it at all. You compare that yeah. to like, I just got to take this, tr this trash out. You know, I just got to take this bag of trash out to the trash can. Like, oh yeah, I can do that. That's pretty painless. It's really quick. It's going to take yeah. less than a minute. You know, that's kind of what it ends up being like. Like I can check off the workout. I'm going to get that done. It's, it makes me feel like I accomplished something because I went and I worked hard. But this uh, nutrition and lifestyle stuff can be a little bit less tangible. Um, it's not as immediate gratification, but it's a foundational thing. Like you, no amount of workout, doesn't matter if you have a world-class workout program or coach or anything, it's not going to fix a broken diet or broken lifestyle that's not no. supporting no. your activity. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of components to that topic. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a lot of different things that we can focus on. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that has become more on the forefront of my mind in the last year, and I don't want to take this off topic, but it's just the fact that people know what puts them at risk for certain conditions, but they don't know what to do about it. Yeah. And I know that sounds like people are going to hear this and go, well, that's not true. I can Google it. It's like, well, you'll Google it. What should I do to lose weight? And 15 things will come up. Well, which one is good for that athlete or which one is good for that patient? Is it considering other health issues that they have? And the answer is no. Like Google doesn't do that. You know, Google yeah. will pull up uh, keto's good. Keto's good for some people. Intermittent fasting's good. Paleo's good. Um, you know, trying to do count macros, they're all good for certain subsets of people, but they're not good for everybody. And we've got to be able to tailor that to the individual. And that's why I think working with a nutritionist and talking to the medical doctor and finding a doctor or a sports medicine provider that, that grasps that um, beyond a numbers component, right? Mm -hmm. and, and by no means is this a, a, a negative comment about how we handle like things like resting glucose levels with diabetes. But it's like, if we're not offering advice to these people to prevent that then we're doing them a disservice you know if we yeah. see an athlete's numbers going up and we say you're in the time frame where you can change this if you do x y and z then we're doing them a disservice we owe them better than that mm -hmm. yeah so. i think that's why like a big part of uh like what i'm doing in my coaching is, and what i think a lot of the uh health sector can improve at is is not just be like here's i recognize where you are presently and here's the outcome you want and then that's where people get stuck and like i don't know how to get there yeah. so a big part of what i do is like all right take this road here's the, here's the outcome <laughs> let's talk about like what behaviors could help you reach that outcome and let's choose one and make it incredibly like like it sounds like too stupid like easy to do this behavior we want to make it that simple and let's try to do that consistently. And then we'll build on that over time until you end up reaching that outcome. And it becomes a permanent thing because you change your behaviors because it's your behaviors, your lifestyle that ends up leading to that present where you need some help, you know, and you yeah. may not even know you need to change your behaviors now, which I think is something we can do better at kind of educating. Like it's more about prevention. Like we're in sort of this natural healthcare field of like, in I'm in, like very much like preventative healthcare as far as a nutritionist and a strength coach. Like, I don't want you to have to get on medication or have surgery or something someday. I want to do help you learn the behaviors and the things you can do day in and day out to help you prevent that down the road. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's yeah. it makes getting up every day worth it oh yeah <laughs> you know fascinating and stuff exciting. and i think i think there's a real opportunity um with just how hyper focused we've become on on the elements of health over the last year um even things like wash your hands but we have people's ear probably now more than ever um with how can i avoid bad outcomes health-wise let's be real something's going to get us all um but there's things that we can there's steps that we can take and and like you said, directions that we can go on the map to get to certain goals that eliminates or reduces risk of certain things getting us. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all we do. And we, we got to kind of fight the good fight as long as we can fight it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. And I hope you got a ton from this episode. I know I did. I learned a ton from Dr. Keating every single time that I talked to him. But tune in for our next one where we actually dive a little bit more into this topic of just this value of constantly learning. So have a good day, guys. I'll catch you on the next one.